It's Philosophy Talk. Why don't we start with you telling me something about yourself? What would you like to know? Whatever comes into your head. Well, you already know my name. And you can see that I'm a machine. Are we on the verge of creating a race of free, autonomous, conscious machines? Who needs a creaky, slow, fallible human brain? We could have an artificial mind. Would you like to know how old I am? Sure. I'm one. One what? One year or one day? One. Would conscious machines be our partners, our slaves, or our masters? Can robot kind and humankind coexist? Our guest is Susan Schneider, author of Artificial You, AI, and the future of your mind. If you've created a conscious machine, it's not the history of man. That's the history of gods. Conscious Machines, coming up on Philosophy Talk. Is artificial intelligence bound to outstrip human intelligence? Should we be excited about using AI to enhance the human mind? Or should we be worried about creating a race of robot overlords? Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm Ken Taylor. And I'm Josh Landy. We're coming to you from the studios of KALW San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus where I teach philosophy and Josh directs the philosophy and literature initiative. Today we're thinking about conscious machines. You know, Josh, since like the 1950s, AI cheerleaders have been breathlessly shouting, the robots are coming, they're going to be conscious, they're going to be free, they're going to be smarter than us. You know what, though, Josh, we're still waiting over 50 years later. So excuse me if I don't buy into the latest AI hype. Well, you know what, Ken? It's not the 1950s anymore. It's not even 1996 anymore. 1996? Yeah, yeah, the year chess champion Garry Kasparov got beaten by Deep Blue, you know, the IBM supercomputer. Oh, God, yeah, I remember that. That's another bit of AI hype. You remember what happened to Deep Blue? IBM shut it down, right? Yeah, yeah, because Kasparov demanded to know how it worked. He was so taken aback by losing, and they didn't want to reveal to him that the decisive move that sealed its victory wasn't the result of superior intelligences Kasparov had feared, but of a bug in the software. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, maybe that wasn't the finest moment for AI. Okay, I grant you that. But, you know, since then, Ken, it's come of age. You know, and it's everywhere. It's in your car. It's on your phone. It's helping doctors diagnose diseases, helping judges make sentencing decisions. It's getting more and more powerful and pervasive every single day. So, well, you sound like one of those cheerleaders. You so the AI apocalypse have, has finally arrived. What, a, what apocalypse, Ken? I mean, look, for, for one thing, last time I looked, we human beings, we're still in charge <laughs> That's around That's a good here. thing. Yeah, I agree. And for another thing. I, for one, can't wait for the day when AI finally frees us all from all that dirt, drudgery, and danger. Oh, really, Josh, you're not, even, you're not even the slightest bit worried that AI, you know, might make us humans completely obsolete? No, why should I be? Well, there are already things that AI can do faster, cheaper, safer, and more reliably than any human, right? Right. I mean, that's precisely why it's become so ubiquitous. Well, come on. Just think. What if everything we can do, they can do better? <laughs> come on. Ken. AI is just a tool. It's not our master. And besides, even if we could create a race of robot overlords, why on earth would we? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Scientific curiosity, maybe. 
Economic greed? How about that one? Or, or never rule out just plain stupidity, Josh. You're right. I, I've never ruled out stupidity as a motivating factor. You're quite right about that. But but look, come on. Robots aren't, aren't about to take over. That, that, that's science fiction. I love, don't get me wrong, I love science fiction. You know, Westworld, Blade Runner, I eat that stuff up. But we're talking about reality here, Ken. And in reality... AI is never going to be able to do philosophy, make scientific discoveries, write stories, at least not better than humans can. <laughs> How can you be so all-fired certain of that, Josh? Well, have you ever read one of those computer-generated stories? <laughs> well. <laughs> the human ba brain is just better at writing, Ken, and, and you know why? Because there's something special about it. <laughs> there's something special? You know what you sound like? You sound like some kind of dualist or something. What? You think, like, the immaterial soul is the seat of human consciousness or something? No, but I do think our brains are the biological product of millions of years of evolution, and they're finely tuned to do distinctively human things. Right? What I don't get, Ken, is why you think we can replicate all of that in, in, in machines. Well, well, because, in the end, what is the human brain, Josh? It's just a fancy hunk of meat. I hate to tell you that. And if a fancy hunk of meat can be conscious, why can't uh, why deny that a fancy collection of computer chips can be as well? Wait a minute, Ken. Weren't you the one dissing the hype a minute ago? Well, I don't buy the hype, but that doesn't mean I'm skeptical about the potential of AI, which actually, Josh, I think is practically unlimited. Okay, now I'm confused. Well, well, look, I just think we're a long way a long way from figuring out how the brain produces things like consciousness or creativity or compassion. And if we can't figure out how our own, you know, wetware can do this, why, why think that we'll be able to program software to do it, like tomorrow or, or the day after tomorrow? Why think that? Okay, so it sounds like we actually agree on something, Ken. I mean, at the very least, it's way too soon to say that the robot revolution has finally arrived. Well, that's exactly right. But but wait, don't get me wrong. That does not mean that artificial intelligence isn't a big deal, a huge deal. Even if it falls short of replicating full human consciousness, it, Josh, it still has the potential to disrupt our world for better or for worse, like on a massive scale. Maybe. But I think that's an open question. And to help us probe that question, we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Holly J. McDeed, to examine the impact of robot caregivers on the way we provide services for an aging population. She files this report. In the 2012 film Robot and Frank, a son hires a robot to take care of his dad so he doesn't need to. Frank, you need a project. Today we're going to start a garden. I'm not gardening. My program's goal is to improve your health. I would rather die eating cheeseburgers than live off steamed cauliflower. Caregiving machines have been wandering out of films and into the real world for decades. There are machines out there that patients trust and depend on. Are you having trouble catching your breath? No. Dr. Corey Kidd is the CEO of Catalia Health and the creator of Meibu. I am glad to hear that you are not having trouble catching your breath. Meibu is a cartoon-like robot the size of a coffee pot. She talks to patients, keeps tabs on their health, and reminds them to take their medicine. We're very deliberately not trying to build something that looks like a human. This thing is bright yellow, has plastic eyes, and a screen on the front. Dr. Kidd says roughly half of adults in the United States are dealing with chronic pain every day, and there's a rising number of elderly people in need of care. If we need to interact with many more people much more frequently, you know, we'd have to have basically the rest of the population all working in healthcare to even attempt to do that. Uh, and you know, that just doesn't make sense for anyone to try to solve it that way. Robots are filling the void when we can't. Like Pero, a robotic baby seal. Ah! 
Back in 2014, KLW's Angela Johnston visited a veterans hospital in Livermore, California. Patients with dementia stroked a robotic baby harp seal named Paro. Kathy Craig, a therapist at the hospital, says Paro helps patients stay calm and open up. They'll start talking to the Paro, they'll talk to other people, it'll brighten their mood. And if they're maybe at a risk of wandering and getting lost, they'll instead of that happening, they might sit down with Paro for a while and spend some time with it. But there are still ethical concerns around robots who care for patients. Shannon Valor teaches philosophy at Santa Clara University. She worries that we're outsourcing the difficult job of compassion to machines. What happens to us? What happens to our moral character and our virtues in a world where we increasingly have more and more opportunities to transfer our responsibilities for caring for others to robots? Robots haven't mastered empathy. Like earlier this year, when a 78-year-old man in Fremont, California, learned he was about to die. A robot rolled into the hospital room, and a doctor on the screen broke the news. The man's daughter was there, and she was outraged by the lack of compassion. The doctor said that there was no lungs left, and that he was ready, he was needing to have comfort care, and that that would entail a morphine drip until he died. Dr. Corey Kidd, who designed Maybu, the healthcare companion robot, agrees people are not off the hook. Maybu can forward information to doctors, but it's still up to human professionals to decide what treatment is best. Kidd doubts that conscious machines will ever take over hospitals. Fundamentally, we don't even know exactly what that would mean to create a machine that is conscious. If we're looking for a definition of consciousness, we could try asking a robot. But if we don't know the answer, the machine probably hasn't been programmed to either. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Holly J. McDeed. You can listen to the rest of this episode by purchasing it on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, subscribe to our archive at philosophytalk.org.